Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to Balance Podcast with me, Molly Raycraft, a well-being and health journalist with a passion for living better. Each episode, we'll speak to a special guest about how they incorporate wellness into their lifestyle. By sharing their stories, we hope you can learn some tips and tricks to finding balance within your own life. In this episode, we'll be speaking to actor Martin Zinhambe. Many of us will know Martins from Bridgerton, where he plays boxer Will Mondridge. But what you may not know is that Bridgerton was Martin's first acting role in TV. Before this, he mainly performed to live audiences in the theatre. So we'll be chatting about how he deals with rejection, how he looks after himself, and whether he'll be stepping into the boxing ring in real life. Hi Martins, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. <laughs> how are good. you? Yeah, really good, thank you. It's Monday, but mm. not too bad. So today we're going to be talking about balance and how you look mm. after yourself and also how your mental well-being interacts with your acting career. So looking forward to getting into that. What does balance look like in your life? How would you define that? Balance for me is a sense of peace. Is there anything that you do in particular to make sure you're having that balance in your life and bringing that peace in? Like if you're particularly busy in your career, is there anything you do to give yourself those moments? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I do check in with family a lot. So whether that's checking in with my siblings or, or my mom or my dad. And um, for me, that provides a really healthy escape, like being able just to like have a laugh or vent or like, you know, call up a, a mate and just talk about football, you know, so just that it provides that kind of, yeah, that escapism, I guess. I suppose it kind of keeps you grounded, doesn't it, when you can mm. go back to some, to people that have always been there in your life? Absolutely, absolutely. Do you, you were, we were saying a minute ago that you kind of are living more in the country now and you're doing a lot of walking, is, is that also something that kind of brings you that space? Yeah, it does, because I've moved to a new area and I'm kind of, I feel kind of anonymous, which mm-hmm. is nice. It's nice to be able to walk around quite anonymously and uh, yeah, so you don't have to worry about bumping into anyone, but it's quite, it's quite nice because you can just like put your headphones in and listen to a podcast or listen to a, a nice album and just like just zone out, go for a nice walk. When I suppose it must be difficult when you're going through periods where you're particularly busy. If you do have a quite busy schedule, is it still difficult to find that balance within your life? Sometimes, yeah, because because what happens is your your schedule becomes out of sync. 
So mm. with filming, sometimes you're doing night shifts, sometimes you're doing filming during the day. And, you know, so you have to find your, you have to get really organised and find moments where you can get your workout in or get that moment where you can make a quick phone call. So you have to be really organised. Otherwise, you can just get swept up, you know, with the wave. Before you know it, weeks have gone by and you haven't you haven't exercised or you haven't, like, checked in with yourself. So I think it's important to sort of find that discipline and, schedule it schedule your well-being it can be quite difficult though as a creative can't it I've discussed this before with other creatives because it's not like you're working a nine to five and often they say yeah exercise routine that's how you keep Mm. momentum going but how can you do that when you're you know sometimes you have a flurry of work and you're super busy and then other times you have absolutely nothing yeah yeah I think also it's being at peace with the fact that it's not always going to be the same. It's not always going to be intense. So if you're used to a particular way of working out, it may not always be that extreme or intense, but you can find moments of, you know, if you usually do an hour, you can you can find a moment where you can just do 20 minutes, you know? Like, for example, I know a lot of active friends and myself as well, where we'll do workouts in our trailers. So we'll bring some equipment to, on set and find moments where... <laughs> We can do our 20 minutes or half an hour before we have to get into costume. So, yeah, I think just being a bit more intentional with it could really help. Is that what you do then? Are you, like, weight training in the trailer? <laughs> it's funny because so I've tried doing burpees in the trailer and you get a knock on the door. <laughs> People checking in if everything's all right. But, um, yeah, I do find, like, moments of, like, maybe doing push-ups or doing yoga. I do, I do quite a bit of yoga, which is nice just like breathing and just just focusing just like you know getting ready for the day ahead because filming can can be intense especially when you have 12 hour shoots what about the food aspect of it as well I know that you've kind of adopted Mm. a bit of a plant-based diet what made you decide to incorporate that into your diet so I I kind of was like made a decision to check in with myself and my eating my sleeping my just to check in and see how I'm feeling and and I've done a lot of research into eating plant-based and the benefits and, and how it can make you feel. It can make you feel less fatigued. Um, you have you feel lighter. You have more energy. And I just thought, let me try it. I just thought, let me just give it a go. And also it, it falls in line with discipline as well. I think it's nice to give myself that focus and that discipline. And the benefits have been incredible benefits have been so good in terms of like my energy levels are a lot a lot better I don't feel lethargic I don't feel heavy and um <laughs> way down it really works for me uh, I'm not religious with it so if someone said if someone's made a lovely something like I wouldn't mind trying it but I'm not like yeah that's why I don't that's why I wouldn't say I'm a vegan because I think with veganism it's a there's a whole devotion to that Whereas with me, there's, you know, if, if someone offered me a bit of lamb and said, hey, try this, I, I'll give it a go. But I wouldn't cook it. I wouldn't buy it. You're a flexitarian. That's what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flexitarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you do have to be quite intentional with it as well, though, because I, I'm also plant based and mm. um, people think it's just eating vegetables. And actually, mm. you can still like put on loads of weight and eat loads and loads of bad food and be vegetarian <laughs> because there's so much out there. Yeah, yeah. That was me during lockdown. I had, um, I used to get through a whole tub of Ben and Jerry's. I'd literally have about three tubs a week <laughs> because they were vegan. So that, <laughs> that was my sort of excuse. But yeah, you got to be, you got to be intentional for sure. 
is there any foods that you've tried to like experiment with and make vegetarian that perhaps aren't vegetarian is there any like dishes you like so like jackfruit I've been experimenting with jackfruit because you know if you cook it a certain way it can taste like meat so um, I remember having a, a jackfruit burger which tasted incredible because it is sort of the texture is like pulled pork depending on how you cook it but yeah I just, I just yeah jackfruit for sure jackfruit um, jackfruit burgers as well I try to like mix jackfruit with a bit of like mushed like chickpeas and just do a whole little thing and then put it in the oven and you can make these burgers which is really nice I was going to ask you if you kind of reinvented any Nigerian dishes because I know you have Nigerian heritage but Mm. I feel like Nigerian cuisine is quite vegetarian friendly anyway yeah yeah it is it is it's just that they um they tend to cook it a lot with meat Mm. so a lot of our like we have a dish called um foriro which is vegetable based but you know, the only difference is that you cook it with meat because apparently it enhances the flavour. But I've made it without meat and it's just as just as delicious. So, yeah. I feel like vegetarian food is quite reliant on um, spices. My spice collection has certainly gone up since being plant-based. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right, actually. You're right, you're right. Otherwise, it can become quite a bit bland, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. But I like the the chickpea pastas and the the spelt spaghettis and stuff like that. I don't know if you've yeah. tried them, but they're really yeah. cool. I have. Yeah. And you can also make like tuna mayonnaise, but with chickpeas. Really? Yeah. Tuna mayonnaise? Yeah. With chickpeas? Try it, yeah. So you have to like wow. mash up the chickpeas. It sounds disgusting, but you have to put them in like a blender and then you put in yeah. like vegan mayonnaise and some herbs and stuff. And it actually gets that texture of the tuna. It tastes a bit similar. Wow, sounds great. Give it a go. That's your home. Yeah, one. I will. I'll get, yeah, yeah, I'll give that a go. I'll give that <laughs> a go. I also love um, pancakes. I make a lot of pancakes. So um, just with spelt flour and sparkling water. Oh, really? Yeah, that's all it is. So spelt flour, sparkling water and um, agave. So put agave in there. And it's brilliant. It's brilliant. You can put blueberries as well. And that is it. That is like the cleanest pancake ever. The question is, we are filming this the day before pancake day. Are you going to be making them tomorrow? Yes, absolutely. I made some today, actually. (laughs) Are you going to have them for dinner? Are you going to have them for breakfast? Tomorrow? No, no, no. I have, I have the, oh, that's a good, because um, of my schedule, I think I'm going to have them for breakfast. Yeah, I'm having them for breakfast. Nice. Okay. I will, I'm going to try your recipe. I'm going to have them for dinner as a dessert. Okay. But yeah. I'm going to try your recipe and I'll see yeah. how it works. It's so simple. It's nice. And you can add like, um, yeah, you can add different um, spices to it as well. Like nutmeg, you can add nutmeg to yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Or cinnamon. Mm, yeah okay I'm sold I'm gonna give it it a go do it do it okay so I want to talk a bit as well about your like strength training and your exercising and Mm. um firstly do you prefer to work alone or do you prefer to work with other people and have that kind of accountability that's a great that's a great question because I'll go through moments so so recently I've been training with my good friend David and um it's been great because he will come with new exercises and I will come with new stuff. So we're constantly inspiring each other and it's fresh, it's nice. But there are times where, so we don't train together every day, but there are times where I just love being able to go there by myself and just put my headphones in and just sort of just zone out and just do what I need to do. And it's more and it's more tailored to how I feel in the moment. 
so it's, it's really hard. It's, I guess it's a balance, isn't it? I, I, I like a bit of both. I know you've done run some 5Ks and you've also done some um, like exercise yeah. challenges. Do you yeah. prefer doing those with someone else? So with the 5K, I, I, um, I put that on Instagram because I loved the accountability. Mm-hmm. I loved the fact that I had to put it on there. Otherwise, people would be like, yo, what's up? What, you know, what happened today? So that was brilliant. And also, I loved the fact that a few friends decided to join in with me as well. So I had like about six of my friends who decided to do it. And um, sometimes we'll run together, sometimes separately. But it was nice. I don't know. It was a nice moment of coming together and yeah, feeling that that um, energy, that collective energy was really, really, really helped me during that time. The yeah. fact that you have done these challenges says to me that you're someone that likes structure. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. To a degree, to a degree. I, I like setting goals. I like setting goals. I like, um, I, I love challenges. I love being able to look back and be like, yeah, I did that because it reminds me that I can do it. So the fact that I did that, I can always have a point of reference where it, it, I can go, okay, I can do it. So if I find myself complaining about something, I'm like, but, but you've done it. <laughs> so I love, I love that. So it really helps um, spur me on. Is there someone from like, say, any moment in history, any celebrity, anyone you want that you would love to train with? Dead or alive? Yeah, it can be dead or alive. Uh, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah, Muhammad Ali. I saw, I looked up to him a lot in my childhood. And even now, like, I I still feel inspired by his courage and his, and also the way he was, he he always spoke up and was courageous, but always had humour. You know, he had a great sense of humour. And yeah, he he had a great balance with that, which is um, which is what I love. I, I love that he he wasn't afraid, um, even though he was afraid because he talks about it, he talks about fear and how sometimes we find our courage through fear, which I love. So it's embracing fear but finding your finding your courage. Do you think that's true? Do you think you do find courage through fear? I think so. I think we're aware of what's at risk sometimes, but we do it for the greater good. You know, we still sort of find our feet or our voice because it's hard. It's really hard, you know, sometimes to to speak out and to to or to speak up for someone, someone else, you know. And that's scary, especially in this day and age where everything's on social media, everything's you feel quite exposed. You don't know, <laughs> you don't know what to say anymore. You don't know what's politically correct and what isn't. But I think it's important to do right by people. And, and yeah, as scary as that might be, I always aim to do the right thing. I thought that you were going to say the boxer that Will Mondrich, your character from Bridgerton, is based on. Would you mm. be intrigued? Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure about the whole um, bare knuckled boxing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that because um, it was quite raw in those days. There wasn't much finesse to it. There wasn't much structure. It was just like just get in the ring and just batter each other. So um, yeah, I'm not sure. That's my, that's that's my style. because you had to learn this for the first series didn't you you had to do some intense boxing training and I know that you'd done kind of boxing previously for some of your theatrical work but Mm. you had to relearn how to do all the hardcore heavy knuckle boxing train regularly for that did you learn what did you learn anything about yourself having to go through that process I learned that especially doing a lot of calisthenics, body weight stuff, 
I had a great trainer called um, Kung Hua, who's become a, a great friend of mine. And he was someone who always says, he always said to me, smooth is fast, fast is smooth. So it's not always about like being strong. It's not always about just being aggressive. And, you know, you can, you can find finesse, you can find an ease with it as well. So I think that's something that I sort of took with me. It's not always about intensity, but focus. So that was something that I, that really, really stuck with me. So it's easy for someone to like be a strong man, but at the same time, there's finesse to it. There's, there's a beauty in it as well. So I, I tried to bring that to the role. I tried to bring a bit of beauty to, um, to Will Mondrich because it's so easy to play the idea of a brute. But at the same time, these were people who were, there were artists, you know, there were people who, like, for example, Bill Richmond, even though he was a boxer, he was still able to create opportunities for other boxers and have these boxing exhibitions. So he wasn't just a boxer in the sense of just like a brute. He also had an entrepreneurial mindset and, and he had children and family. And so I wanted to bring that human element to him. So you get to see someone who is strong and powerful, but he also has a beauty and a finesse to it. Obviously, you've done this boxing because of Bridgerton, but do you have like mm. a personal interest in it? Has it ignited any interest in doing kind of boxing classes or boxer size or anything like that beyond? Yeah, I do. I do um, check in with Kung every now and again and we do a few stuff on the pads, which is nice because I, I love the discipline and I love the... I don't know, I feel boxing is a very beautiful sport. It can be quite elegant mm. and um, I love that. And, and it... And it did kind of inspire me to want to step in the ring. I can't lie. Do you want to have that experience of what it's like to prepare for a fight, to walk down and step into, into the ring, look my opponent in the face and just like score points, you know? Like I do in the near future want to experience that. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know when that will be, but um, but watch this space. I think um, I'm, I'm very much open to it. Let's just say that. Yeah, I bet loads of people would love to see that. You could do like a charity yeah. boxing match. That would be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Three rounds. Was it three rounds? Maybe some headgear yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know what, what the insurance is like on that in terms of like <laughs> acting. But if the opportunity arises, I think I'll definitely be up for doing that. Amazing. And this kind of ties in with my next thing, because I think that there's a kind of element of pers- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Assistance within boxing, you have to keep going when you're in the ring. And I think there's also an element of persistence needed when you're an actor. And I imagine being an actor, not to like insult you, but you probably haven't got every audition that you've mm. ever gone for. And there's a natural element of rejection there. What have mm. you learned about yourself from having those moments where you have probably haven't got a role or you feel like you could have done better? Yeah, yeah. I've had to make peace with the fact that I'm not going to be suited for every role. I'm not going to book every role. And it's business. I think I think I've learned to accept that at the end of the day, this entertainment industry, it's business. It's business led, you know. Some people say it's um it's not show business, it's business show. So I've had to sort of <laughs> remind myself of that. And and also as well, if I care about the project, I just want the right person to do it. I think I've I've sort of detached myself from projects because as much as I'd love to play the role, I'm just grateful that the role exists, but also that the story's being told. So I'm learning to sort of walk in that light. And also just being grateful for the opportunity, being grateful to be able to, to be able to just perform and share a bit of myself with others. And, and if it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, then it's fine. I look forward to seeing whoever plays that part and see what they do with it. Was that difficult when you were younger and first starting out and deciding you wanted to pursue drama? Is this a mindset that's come with time? Yeah, do you know what? When I was younger, I was quite arrogant because I didn't know that there was, I didn't, I didn't understand the competition of it. I just thought you just, you just performed, <laughs> you know? But as I, as I went to drama school, like even auditioning for drama schools and not getting a place in the first year, that was quite disheartening. But at the same time, it made me work harder. So yeah, it, it, I think, yeah, at first it was disheartening, but it gave me a kind of tenacity and a kind of, yeah, built, just built my resilience, which I'm, which I'm very grateful for. Were you, when you didn't get into drama school in the first year, what did you mm. decide to do after that? Yeah, so when I, I didn't get into drama school the first year, so I decided to do stage management, actually. I did a, I did one year doing stage management, which was um, just incredible. I was so grateful for that because it's so easy to get caught up in the limelight of wanting to be center stage, but it takes everyone to to tell the story. You know, the lighting, the, the sound, and so I just I, it just gave me a a deeper appreciation for what goes into making great work. You know. And everyone is just as important. So yeah, you can't get caught up in the in the ego of it's about me, you know, <laughs> because everyone else is working around you to tell the story. So that was that was a blessing, actually. So you said a minute ago that you thought you were quite ar- arrogant when you were younger. Was doing that mm. a humbling experience for you then? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it really was. It really was because you sort of when you're younger, you sort of don't. I didn't, well, when I was younger, I just didn't understand the complexity of the industry. I just didn't understand that you had to, I don't know. (laughs) I didn't understand about working intensely or I just sort of felt like you could just coast kind of thing. I didn't understand that there was a wave to ride. Do you still use your stage management skills now? Maybe in like a more loose way, but does it make you consider things that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise? Um, Yeah, 
Yeah, I think so. I think doing a lot of stage, I've done a lot of stage and yeah, it just, it just informs some of my choices, like being aware of my light and knowing how to navigate the stage and understanding that the, the theatrical language and, and everything like that just really, really helps. And also I'm interested in making my own work as well. So uh, at drama school, I did a course called CDT, which is Collaborative and Device Theatre. And doing stage management really helped me in my devising. So understanding how I want to paint the scene or how I want to direct this moment or, you know, create this effect. Like I had a better understanding of that, knowing what Joe likes to use and all these different, to create different things and different, different moods. And um, yeah, so it really informed my devising, my devising skills. So maybe we'll see some work from you in the future. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, you just mentioned there as well, you're from a theatrical background and people might not know that about you, but you've done a lot of work in the theatre. To yeah. me, that sounds absolutely terrifying, like performing to a live audience. Mm. Why do you like performing to a live audience? <laughs> uh, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Because you feel the energy straight away. You feel the the connection. You feel the anticipation. You feel the the um yeah. The audience are with you every step of the way. The story and it's so immediate. The immediacy of it is, is amazing. And you don't get another chance. You know, you can't. You, if you fluff your lines, you just carry on. Like I love that. I love that. You don't. There's no other. You don't get another take. So you just have to commit to the story and commit to the character. So I love that. Um, there's no way to hide. It's just you and the story and the audience, and it's and it's beautiful. It's beautiful to engage with, especially um, working as an ensemble. I love ensemble work. I love a group of performers coming together and just telling a story and supporting each other within that story. Yeah, there's nothing like it. Do you get nervous, or do you have like this adrenaline rush come over you where you can know? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I get, I get, I definitely get nervous. I definitely get nervous, and I still don't know how I sort of get over it because I don't get nervous in in a, in a crippling way, but I do feel the 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 goosebumps and the the adrenaline and everything. And um, to be honest with you, I still don't know how I sort of persevere because it is <laughs> the nerves will always be there. But I guess maybe that's the that's my secret. My secret part, my secret weapon is is my nerves. <laughs> James Earl Jones was talking about his nerves and he was saying that if he wasn't nervous, I think it was James Earl Jones, but he was saying something about it. If he wasn't nervous, then he'll be nervous about not being nervous <laughs> because sometimes the nerves are, it's like your superpower, you know, something that gives you that, that reminder that you care and, and it gives you a certain focus as well. I do think that's true. And I also think it's a matter of perspective because apparently when you're nervous, it unlocks the same part of your brain that it does when you're excited. So you can mm. just tell yourself that actually you're not nervous. You're just really excited. And then it yeah, become yeah. less overwhelming if you are struggling. Yeah, 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 yeah. So true. And, and also remembering to breathe as well. Sometimes whenever I get quite overwhelmed, I just reconnect with my breath and just breathe. Just, you know, think about where I'm holding tension and just try to release that tension. Sort of helps, sort of helps, but yeah. <laughs> Do you think that you've become less nervous with time from doing all this theatre work and seeing that shows that have gone really well? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. 
do you know what it's funny because I, I feel like the higher you climb per se like the, the more work you do or like the the more lead roles you might play or whatever I think it creates a spotlight and I think the spotlight can be quite intense at times so you, you it's hard not to think about that it's hard not to think about like people coming to see you or doing this role of service and making sure that this role resonates and that you do a good job so I, I don't know I think that there's always going to be a new a new hurdle or a new pressure so yeah man just bob and weave you know <laughs> do you still go to the theater as an audience member or does that feel too yeah. much like work yeah 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 constantly i love it um and it's nice because it's a nice way to check in with friends like go to the theater together and, and also see friends in, in in theater recently i saw a number with um papa siedu um at the old vic which is brilliant but yeah i do like to i do like to go theater quite a lot actually are you seeing anything soon? Yeah, I'm gonna see Small Island again. Yeah, so they're doing a they're redoing it at the National. So I'm going to see that next week, I believe. Yeah. Before we move on to um Bridgerton, which is our last topic in this podcast, when you do get assigned a role, do you ever get too like deep into it mentally where you're kind of overthinking it and like, oh God, I need to do well, or you're like deep thinking and is that does that, that ever happen to you? Yeah, it happens from the audition, actually. The moment you get the sides or you get the character breakdown, the work starts from there. And uh, you sort of try to immerse yourself as much as possible so that when you do do the audition, you you know that you've done your due diligence and that you know what you're what you're saying. Is that not stressful? How do you how do you calm down when you get into those moments where you've like fully immersed yourself or do you not calm down? I think, I don't know. For me, I feel... Like I need to do that work. I need to sort of understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. And the moment I don't understand why I'm saying what I'm saying, then it unsettles me. I, I don't I don't know why I'm doing it. I, it just, yeah, I'm just saying words. But I think the moment I've done the research into the times or done the research into like this character's perspective, and I love psychology as well. I love, I love the idea of like what motivates people to do things and investigating that is quite it's exciting for me so I don't I don't necessarily see it as as a as work I just see it as like exciting it's very exciting to to understand why a character decides to do what they do and and then say those words from that place I think it's something quite nice about that and speaking of exciting roles obviously um, people might not know this about you but Bridgerton was your first tv experience yeah yeah, which is yeah. crazy because you like come across <laughs> as so confident and like you know all the ropes but mm. did so did you feel any imposter syndrome when you landed that role do you know what I didn't I didn't feel imposter syndrome and um <laughs> it's funny because I've been I've been sort of auditioning for tv and film for quite a bit and things haven't quite worked out and that you know whether it's clashed with the theatre production or whatever. So when this role came along, I was just, it felt like a relief. I was just like, okay, cool, finally, you know? So yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite feel, I just felt like it was, it was due. It was like, it felt like an about time moment. Again, it's back to that whole thing about being persistent, especially in the mm. drama world, isn't it? Absolutely. So obviously you've done the first series now and you've now done the second series. Did you feel there was any change in your mindset from going from series one to series two? Yes. I, I, uh, it was a tricky time because we had COVID 
to deal with. But at the same time, it was exciting because the show had been established, the characters, the relationships, but we weren't as free to express ourselves outside of this set with each other. If you know what I mean? Because everything, you had to be socially distant and everything like that. But that didn't get away with the onset chemistry. So it didn't get in the way of that. So which is which is really good. But knowing, you know, all the characters had been established, the relationships, it felt a lot easier. You felt, you felt like, okay, I know where we are. I know who you are. So it just gave it another layer another lovely nuance to the character which is exciting to play actually. You've spoken in a number of interviews about the importance of asking questions and how open everyone was on set about giving you support because it was your first TV Mm. experience. Do you think if you'd started series one in the pandemic it would have been different? Would it have been harder for you? That's a good question. That's a very good question. Um, I'm not sure. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. But I, I think because of the nature of Shondaland, I think they're very, very open and very inclusive in their approach. So we have like check-ins. So they'll check in with the cast and just see how everyone's doing, which is really nice. You know, I'm, maybe I'm spoiled, but I don't, you know, I, I always hear horror stories about like being on big sets and big productions. But with, with Shondaland, it just felt very, not easy, but very lovely. You just felt supported throughout. Like I, I never once felt like I couldn't express how I felt about, about a character or about a moment or, or generally how I feel about COVID or, you know, they always made, they just left the, jo- the door ajar for, for, uh, for conversation, which is nice. I suppose in some ways that set the benchmark high for when you come on to do other TV series mm. and film. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. Because I feel like I have, maybe I have been spoiled, but I don't know. Obviously, when you did the first series, you didn't know how popular it was going to be. Now you know how popular it is. Was there a pressure with that second series that wasn't there in the first? Uh, no, there wasn't. In my in my opinion, for for me, I don't, I don't feel like there was a pressure. It was more it was more of a celebration actually, like going into it feeling like yes, you know, like you know it works, the formula works, and focus on the storytelling. Like just focus on okay, what's the story? Because I think if you get caught up in the whole ego, celebrity, all that stuff, I think it can really get in the way. So I think it's just important to really just go back to the storytelling. What is the story? And just tell the story and just, you know, go back home. (laughs) Well, obviously you can't tell us much at the moment because we are Mm. anticipating it. But is there anything you can tell us about what we should expect? Um, I think there's a lot of new things. There's There's a whole new family, which is exciting. You've got the Sharmas, which is really, really exciting for them to to join the ton. And everyone sort of is sort of coming into their own. You see a lot of growth. It feels like everyone's done a bit of growing up, which is <laughs> which is nice. We see Will in a, in a whole new light, which I'm excited about to see how that resonates with, with the characters. Because it's so easy to become attached to, to certain things, like when you watch TV shows. But I think it's always important to keep keep it afresh and finding new things and not to become to attached to, to a particular thing so I'm, I'm i'm excited to for the world to see like a, a whole new world a new world of bridgerton but afresh is there any more horse riding um not for me oh good not did you me. enjoy not the horse me. riding in the first series uh i i did i really did. <laughs> i really did <laughs> um the horses were um they had minds of their own but <laughs> but i really yeah, I really enjoyed like learning how to ride a horse and 
and dealing with that on set because horses are very interesting. They're very sensitive. So even on set, they, they can be spooked by like a shadow or a pigeon or, you know, so dealing with that. And also being comfortable, confident on a horse is something like there's something about just learning how to ride and but also acting like you know what you're doing. <laughs> like there's a lot to there's a lot to deal with. But hopefully in seasons to come, there'll be more opportunities to, to ride horses again. Great. Well, Bridgerton is coming out on the 25th of March. Are you yeah. doing anything to celebrate on the day it comes out? I did want to go away. I did want to sort of travel, but I may be working, so I'm not too sure. But I'm definitely going to like raise a toast. And, and if I can, I'll have like friends and family over and we can probably watch a few episodes together. So that'd be quite nice. Even if there's raunchy scenes, obviously I don't know <laughs> yet, but would you play those raunchy scenes to your family? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny because um, <laughs> I had the privilege of seeing the show before it came out. So I was able to give warnings and you know tell people what episodes to look out for and stuff like that I think it'll be fine I think it'll be fine we all know what the show is about so it's like yeah it's fine oh well that's all of my questions thank you so much I wish you you. the best of luck with your career I looks like you're going to be doing amazing things and I can't wait to see all the projects that you produce in the future I'll be looking out for those Yeah, thank you, Molly. This was really great. It's nice to be able to talk about this from this perspective, from this angle of well-being and balance and, yeah, checking in. It's, It's really nice. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.